What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, hey, hey. Good, good, good. Thank you, Uzo. How are you? Yeah, good, bro. Good, good. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight, brother. Hey, can I just throw up my W's for, for Welly? Everyone, like, every time I jump online, I, like, I throw up my W's and people say, so are you from the west side? I say, no, I'm from, I'm from Wellington right here, mate. So representing, I uh, got my, uh, you know, my Wellington basketball top on. I think, uh, yeah, I've only got, used to have a Hurricanes top, but um, I'm sure that's at my mum's. Yeah, nice. Cap City representing. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, um, yeah. But how's, 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 how's things up there? How's the family uh, during this lockdown? We all worked through the whole, uh, you know, lockdown. So uh, oh. multiple things to do. Uh, my, my, my wife works, you know, she's working hard all day. My son works from home. We've, I've got three sons at home. Our youngest is 18. The next one is uh, is 21, 22. And we've got like uh, a, a, tw- a, 20, a 26-year-old at home too. Nice. And uh, I guess during this lockdown, bro, I know that most of the bakeries are closed and you've got a sweet tooth there. Uh, did you manage to get out to a bakery in, in level three or were you baking yourself? No. I, I baked I baked a couple of, uh, you know, banana cakes, um, sugars, with, with the mean sweet, sweet tooth that I have. Yeah, also, uh, we were lucky to, before we, we, we stopped, we got a 20 kg um, sort of bag of, of flour. So we, we had bread, uh, fresh bread every day. Uh, nice. Yeah, one of my sons was just cooking it every day, and so we were pretty good. Um, I actually managed to put on weight, it was also it was quite interesting. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> you know. me, and you, me and you both, bro, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the pies, though, I missed the pies. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, we'll get we'll get into it, guys. Uh, um, I just have to quickly plug our our uh, main sponsor, Modern Ten Mega, for supporting the hey. club and continuing to support the club through through uh, these these, to- uh, these times. Yeah. But for everyone listening uh, today or, or later on on uh, Spotify, possibly uh, we've got Bill Urale joining us uh, tonight, um, aka Kinka Pisi. Uh, he's a wrong psychology old boy, um, formerly of Gifted Wellington and Brown. High, Wellington, Wellington High, Wellington too, Wellington High Wellington as well. Yep. Yeah, shout out. Uh, the old man uh, taught there as well. Um, hey. Formerly of uh, Holiday Makers, currently still with Headlock, uh, no, along with Shafu no, and that no, group. No, I, I, I wasn't in Holiday Makers also. That was just our cousin Mara. Our cousin Mara was in Holiday Makers. I wasn't in Holiday Makers. I was, I was oh. in Gifted and Brown. Mm. Mate. You can bl- you can blame the sister on that one. She gave me that info, so she's fired. Um, yeah. uh, so he's currently still still rapping, still DJing. Yeah, he's a producer, clothing designer, director, actor. Very should be. You, you can still be doing more acting. You, you you thought about doing more acting? There was an opportunity to be shooting down in Wellington, and about uh, I think like four and three months, four months. There was a. Uh, there was an opportunity to come down to Wellington and it was like, ooh, it was a long time. It was at least four years of work there when I'd have to be down in Wellington. So it still yeah. might go through, not sure, sure. But, um, you know, it would be acting in, and hopefully um, uh, compu- uh, composing uh, music for something. Mm. So for me, it would be, be awesome to get home. Be awesome to be yeah. home. 
love Wellington. Uh, and the last thing I had on my intro here was uh, the first hip hop artist to to pick up the Silver Scroll Award. That, that, that was pretty pretty big, being the first one, because after you, then all these other hip hop awards uh, uh, got them. Yeah, what what was crazy about that one was was that um, uh, for that particular song, I was living up in Auckland. So you know, just to give you the history, uh, born in Newtown, uh, uh, Fridge is my cousin. Uh, yeah, our, our parents are cousins, and uh, born in Newtown. Uh, then we moved to to Adelaide Road. Then we moved Barrenpore. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to Island Bay. Lived there for a good. Uh, went to Island Bay School while I was there. Still went to South Wellington Intermediate, and then uh, after that went to Wellington High. I failed at Wellington High. Didn't get my fifth form. Went to Rongatai. Didn't get my fifth form. My sixth form. Sorry. So you know, I'm a third year fifth. That you know, when you think about it. Third year fifths can do all right. Mm, no, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I, I'm a school dropout, so oh, I think I'm, I'm I'm doing all right. So, because uh, just wanted to start um, with this COVID nineteen business and kind of yeah. how it's affecting our, our musos and creative people around the country. Like people probably don't realise that some musos, musos, this is their livelihood and, and things like that. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, how do you think it's kind of affecting like our, our music industry at the moment? Well, for me, it's been all right because I've got other hustles. I mean, I've got mm. other jobs that I do. And But for other artists that... Uh, and, and just, you know, bringing it forward because it is New Zealand Music Month. And to be totally honest, there's only maybe 15 artists that can just make a living just off music. Yeah. They can just go and just... The, all we do is music. So there's not that many out of the, you know, four... However million that we have, five million that we have in New Zealand... If that's only 15 artists of all those those people that can make money, uh, you know, consistently just off music, um, that's not many, if any. Yeah. So, you know, how do we... I mean, what's really interesting too is because is that how do you stop a person to say that you're going to go into something or, or, or art something within the artisan, you know, region that's not going to make money? You can't mm. stop a person's creativity. You can't say to a kid, hey, kid, you're not going to make, you know, you're, you're going to be a, a, a poor musician majority of your life and don't do music. They're just going to revolting, you know, and, and, and just go, oh, no, 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 hold up. I love music. I mean, that's the one thing. It's because I've been asked by other people, they're like, Sully, how can you tell people and, and how can we get people that are going to all these polytechnics, going to all these music classes to go into an industry that hasn't got, you know, jobs? Yeah, but that, I've always found that a bit weird. That you go, okay, well, there's not much, you know, uh, you know, jobs and radio. Or there's not much jobs and TV, but we still put put them through the all these TV and radio polytechnics and, and classes, you know, per year. But yeah, it's just an interesting thing. It's like um, I've managed to every every other job that I do, from the voiceovers for uh, marketing, from the making music for advertising, uh, from the directing and editing and creating, you know, and helping brands. I look after four or five brands, uh, their social media at the moment. So uh, I'm a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, a beast on the social media. I mean, not a beast, but I, I do it a lot. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's hard. I, I'm not really sure how, how people are going to make it. You know, you can't stop your creativity. Uh, yeah. But I've re- been really lucky to have a, a wife that supports me. And, you know, sh- she's a muso as well. So, you yeah. know, it, it just in the hard time, she's like, you know, st- still stuck by and said, okay, uh, Bill, Caps, you're really, really good at that. So sometimes while I've been trying to diverse into other things, she goes, hey, listen, just go write the song and finish the song. 
and then I have to go. That's right. I'm really good at making, you know, writing songs. It's an interesting one, cause yeah, I guess that that might relate to a question I was going to ask later on. But um, do you think the New Zealand dream in music is still to kind of make it big, or just just to get by every week now, like like a normal job, or just kind of do enough to to do what you love, you know? Well, my dream is to still go and rock Wembley. If I get the chance to yeah. rock Wembley Stadium and go, Wembley Stadium! I had a mate that he's from England, and he posted up a picture of him rocking Wembley Stadium with a band, his band, and this was like maybe yeah. 25, 30 years ago. But I was just reading, I said, oh, that's my, that's my dream. And until I do that, I'm not going to, you know, stop. I mean, I've been writing raps for over 30 years now, 30 years, um, but I'm, I'm not going to stop writing raps just because... You know, music is one of those weird things is that it's timeless. But the, mm. the rap the rap culture has put a has put a, a age on how, you know what I mean, you're 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 twenty or you're thirty, you should stop rapping. You're forty, you should stop rapping. There's you're fifty, you should stop rapping. There are guys that are the best rappers in the world that are over forty. I mean, to me. I mean, you know, yeah. uh but but also just remembering I'm a lyricist, I write intricate raps i don't write abc raps because that was the stuff i wrote when i was 13 and now yeah. a lot later i should be writing you know a genius type of rhymes at this particular time nice nice um and it's kind of cool like just lately or with this COVID stuff like you see heaps of artists and, and musos got going live quite using what they got uh i caught one of, one of yours last week and it was brilliant man like just kind of changing with the times there it's, it's a real interesting one with that one because cause like I've never gone live on, on Facebook. I've been going live on Instagram mm. now and then. But I went uh, live about two weeks ago and then uh, after the, the Friday night, um, I got around 13,000 engagements. So I was like, okay, I've never done this before. This is quite interesting. <laughs> and then the next week after, I did a, another show on the Friday and I got about 26,000 engagements. And so for me, that is social currency that I can approach other brands and say, hey, guys, mm. I'm getting this type of engagement. And or also I'm, I'm, with my social media, I'm reaching this type of things. Can you guys do it? And if they can't, then obviously they, they need a bit of uh, help to be able to you know, move into the future. Uh, I've been on social media for over a long time now. And I started when it mm. first started. My wife said to me, listen, you've got a... a Twitter eight times and you've got to post uh, Facebook, you know, on Facebook at least four times a day. And we were like, okay. And we, you know, it's just become a job, but now it's also become a, a medium that uh, the whole world is, is reachable. Yeah. And do you think this might change the way gigs look like coming out of maybe level two or even level one or just be back to normal kind of level one ish? Um, it's, it's going to be an interesting one um, because I'm going to do at least one more live. I'm, I'm looking for a sponsor at the moment and I'll probably find one, but there'll be someone that will come on board and like, you know, uh, there's been Spark ones, there's been Vodafone ones, there's been all types of ones that have been promoting the New Zealand, uh, you know, music brands. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's been interesting to watch just to even just uh, use it as a, a platform or, and research to be able to see what type of numbers or engagement did these guys get with being, you know, Vodafone and Spark being the, some of the biggest brands in the country. Yep. So, you know, at that particular time, you go, well, if these guys can't get engagement, then they've got to look at their methods and how their marketing teams are doing and, and, and sort of set up as well. So, you know, being within the, I'm in the media world, I'm a, a you know, I'm a presenter on a, a the project sometimes. So it's just analyzing, being able to move through the, you know, and just change when you need to change. Yeah. 
Wicked. Um, bro, your, your career uh, goes back, like, like you say, goes back quite a bit. Um, do you have any kind of uh, highlights? Like you've, you've travelled the world, uh, do all these awesome gigs, DJ all, all these awesome gigs. Is it kind of one or two shows that kind of sticks out to you to, to be like, man, that was, that was my absolute favourite? I think the one that I did when I was uh, singing, because uh, Mark Hunt used to use my song, uh, Screams from the Old Plantation, when he walked into mm. his the arenas. And one time they got me to perform the song before Mark Hunt jumped on. And um, we were, we, yeah, we had, it was it was an incredible story. Like, you know, the stuff that I, it was just like, I was like, wow. So being a, <laughs> a good Samoan boy, went into a bar and I thought, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to assist, you know, uh, you know, pay the some of the bill. And, you know, me, mm. I didn't know much about Japan, Japanese culture. And, you know, and it was just real interesting that, when I went to go stand it at the at the at the you know the ching 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 where you 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 know you however you add up how much they were like um went ching 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 and that will be uh twenty five thousand dollars and I was like twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> and this was like American and this is like American and I was like and I had to turn around and say um uh, I don't think I can help you out with this one, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was just really interesting just to uh, you know travel around uh. Uh, Japan and, and, and see, you know, the, the, it was just like, you know, that type of money at one bar, just one yep. bar, I was like, wow. And we went to at least like eight bars that night. So, you know, that's 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 18, 20. So, you know, that's just an interesting story about uh, the, the lifestyle that you can, you mm. know, lead as a, as, a, as, a, as a person or an artist or a sportsman over in Japan. It was, a, it was pretty interesting to me, bro. It's insane. Um, hey, um, I always have these debates with my mates. Uh, talk, talking about hip hop today, you said your uh, your favorite artists are kind of over forty um, and things like that. Yeah. Well, what's what's your take on hip hop today? Because it's tough for me to get into um, like today's music. I th that's what I mean. They're they're because when you rap, they're only patterns. You know what I mean? There's mm. your your cadence, your voice, tomba, timba, or tumbre that you, you drop. You know, you like see the ah, or ah, or ah. You know what I mean? There's three sort of you know, tones that you have. And so after you've got a good tone, then after it, it just becomes your 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 rhyme patterns. So you go you know, and but for me, the the pattern now is you know, and those are the patterns these days. Um, but also on the other side that's sort of like mumble rap but i have heard clever and intelligent mumble rappers that or just mm. rappers that rap in that particular pattern so for me it doesn't matter if you're from back in the 80s rapper or back in the late 70s up to now it's just for me it's just how good is your pattern and uh how good is your pattern your voice and also your topic um but actually being able to just keep me interested through the song I mean, like, because, you know, a three-minute a three minute song is a long song to keep a listener engaged. And mm. if the beats think all you've got is your voice and your raps, so you better be a good rapper. Yeah. I mean, some of, the, yeah, some of the topics these days is just rubbish. But yeah, there were rubbish topics back then. So, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I, I just break it down to lyrical content, how dope your voice is, and how good your patterns are. Being, be, but being able to change multiple patterns instead of just saying on the same pattern for the whole next 20 songs. Uh, that, that bores me. Nice. For those RC boys listening, you heard it there. Um, bro, I'd be remiss not to talk about Screams from the Old Plantations real quick. Uh, mm. Everybody has it on their playlist. It, it plays everywhere kind of uh, kind of thing. And was that a special song for you that, that, 
that kind of broke out or, or do you just get sick of hearing it when, when it pops up? No, so what happened was that me and Fieldstyle, the Fieldstyle, uh, wrote the chorus. And we were in a group called Overstairs from Gua. Me and DJ Raw and Fieldstyle. Fieldstyle was from Strathmore. I was from Lyle Bay. Mm. Uh, Raw was from Lyle Bay, just down the road. And uh, me and Raw were in a group called Gifted and Brown at that time. And But, you know, Gifted and Brown was was, was incredible. But it was where I'm... I really like his hardcore hip hop, hardcore rap, just you know, straight up lyric, a beat and lyrics. And and Gifted and Brown was was a little bit more lighter. But mm. we so so we were all on tour together anyhow, because uh, the field style used to come, you know, and, and jump on tour of us. So we would just all be you know, found out that our love for hard more hardcore hip hop was the three of us. So we just, you know, uh, you know, made another project. And we were called the Overstairs from Gua. We we recorded the first uh, version of that song with uh, Moo, who is uh, the oh, yeah. uh, you know the beat maker for Fat Freddy's. So we're up in uh, Radioactive or up in uh, University up on the hill, and um, yeah, it was it was cool. We recorded the song, but years later, then I remade uh, Screams from the Old Plantation uh, for my album. Yeah, and how fun was that to film back home? Because that looked like a real cool uh, music oh. video to film. It was it was amazing. I mean, the I went with a Balangi uh, <laughs> director, and I remember his name now. His name is Joe Lonnie, and Joe Lonnie is the bass player for Supergroove. So Supergroove, he had long hair, and he's, oh, like, yep, you know, yep. he, he's the bass player. He's the one that always like you know, and and he was like directing, and uh, we had this other DOP, which is a director of photography. I can't remember his name. Cool cat too. But we jumped on a plane and he was like, okay, bro, we want to do this. We want to do this. But we were shooting the next day. And, I, and, and he was telling me his ideas. And I said, that's not possible. We're not going to be able to do that. And so on that three and a half hour trip back to home to Samoa, I was able to formulate a plan of what, what, what I knew that what we could shoot because uh, I'm a director as well. And so I got there, got off the plane. We rang everyone, told him, we're going to be here, this. And we really come across the whole thing. The bus, we just walked up to the bus. You know, we I went up to a shop, random shop. Hey, hey, there's a guy there in a, in a dairy, like in a salmon dairy. Let's just get him. So we just walked up. We we asked everyone before, you know, if they'd be keen, and um and pretty much everyone was keen. You know, it's like it's an MTV. They call music videos MTVs over there. They were like, what's that called MTV? And I, and they were like, let's let's film some um you know some some footage. And everyone was into it. And uh, lucky I was able to call my mates and everyone came through uh, to be able to and when we edited it I'll tell you a funny story because you know like I was on the back of the truck on the back of the lorry yeah and, and you know and uh, the turntables were just tied up with just one rope and then one rope and there was just through the handles and then it was like on a, one of those X things so it was the turntables and uh, it was like around five o'clock it was going to get it dark around six thirty, and I was on the back and the camera was actually tied to the to the to the truck because we didn't have a, you know. And and what the weird thing was, I was the only one that could speak Samoan, so I had to say just shout out to the driver. I said, "Oh, if I Kavale," and for some reason, and that means don't speed up. For some reason, he sped up. He did the opposite and just went went faster, about a good twenty kilometers faster. And we had no safety gears. Osh would have been. We wouldn't have been allowed to do it. But we only had about an hour of sunlight left, so I just went for it. As soon as he he said action, then I just went out and just pretend like it was all good. I was trying to do, you know, I was trying to do break dancing moves on the back and in jandals <laughs> on the back of a moving lorry with no safety equipment. And then as soon as he said, 
cut and then I we cut and then I I held on to the to you know pieces of rope and he was actually and then he just pretend so once you if you watch Green from the old plantation again and you watch how fast that truck is moving you'll be shocked but for me I go well if if we're gonna if we're gonna get a shot and I'm gonna hurt myself uh, I might as well hurt myself doing something pretty incredible. <laughs> I want to go back and watch that again. That changes everything. Dedicated to the art. Dedicated to the art. Yeah. I'd probably get in trouble if I didn't mention kind of family. Like, you're one of the most talented um, and creative uh, families. Do you guys kind of bounce ideas off each other and and things like that? Or kind of you're all safe in your own kind of creative bubbles and and industries? Oh, do you mean in my household or just in our family in general? Kind of like your siblings. Um, Yeah. Oh, okay. So within the O'Reilly clan, we've got, uh, we've got, so my eldest sister, she's, uh, she's going for her doctorate, uh, the Natasha uh, Makarita, oh, sorry, yeah, Makarita is, you know, looking after Creative New Zealand, uh, the Pacific side, mm-hmm. my brother Tati, he's the uh, lineup producer for Channel One, uh, Network One News every, for the last long time, uh, my sister is a film uh, maker, Sima, and then my other sister, uh, uh, just older than me is my sister Mayla is an artist as well but my mum is, mm. is a painter so you know uh, she's an incredible artist I think for me for her to be able to doing, uh, be doing and rocking she's done two self uh, you know exhibitions where she just did all the work and you know we got in there on the first day and out of 17 uh, pieces on the very first day she sold like uh, 16 of them so you know that's 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 not that's not normal and i and i'll tell you something interesting too is that when i was young my mum and dad were they're like okay just go and do it give it a blast you know what i mean give it a go and you know and i was like okay and and i got used to the mentality of just go give it a go you know you all they can say is no and so you know i'll I'll travel over there travel over here travel over here because what was weird was that i had no fear of failing because failure was all right. It's just that it's better to give it a go than to fail. Mm. And so that's the, the approach that I've had with my whole career is just, just give it a go. You know, all you can do is just fail. Oh, what well, you fail, learn from that mistake and get up and go again. And yeah. um, it's, it, it's, it's been able to take me around the world. And I was having a conversation with my sister the other day. I said, hey, do you know that um, our, our family are so used to just go out and, and go do it? And, and, my, and my sister said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was talking to my mum as well. And then I said, you know, it's not, it's not normal for other families to think like that. And that was the thing that I, that I had to remind myself because within our household and, and, and our, and our uh, you know, siblings and, and mum, it's really normal just to go and try it, give it a go. Mm-hmm. But then having a chat to them and saying, hey, guys, just out of our, you know, tight, you know, six, seven, it's abnormal for, for Polynesians or Pacific Islanders to go give it a go. But I, I, I really understand it because, you know, we're Pacific Islanders and we're brought up that way. But, um, you know, how do we, how do we not remove the culture, but remove the stigma of being able to uh, go out and try different things? And, you know, it's all right to, to, to go give it a go. Because, you know, us living in Aotearoa, brought up in a westernized uh, culture, but also being, uh, we have Tangata Whenua here, so we must respect the, you know, the, the indigenous peoples and what they do. Uh, that's, that's one thing that's been interesting about the whole situation is like, how do we fit within this westernized culture? How are we able to make sure that our Polynesian or any kid, I'm not going to, you know, discriminate. I'm just saying, how can we say to any kid, hey, kid, <clears throat> 
if you believe it, you can do it. And that's the thing that I, you know, that I'm, I'm, you know, I keep on saying that we don't have enough people and, and, and just telling our kids, no, you can do it. When I was young and I was out in Island Bay and I played soccer from ooh, seven to 10. And so I was playing soccer for the Island Bay Sharks, big up the Island Bay Sharks. And uh, we, we had uh, Winston Rufa and he was a uh, international Kiwi soccer player uh, visit us while we were on the, on the, you know, on the field at, at soccer practice. And he, and I was like, that guy is playing in England and it's possible. And he was like, dude, you can do, it's possible for you to go and play in England. And in my brain, it unlocked just a little bit more. And also mm. with my cousin having a number one, Mara, uh, my cousin Mara now having a number one with sweet, sweet lovers. It was quite interesting because that just unlocked the, oh, if my cousin can go get a number one, uh, you know, I haven't got a number one yet, but if my cousin can get a number one, then I, you know, that set another pathway or dream of, or aspiration that I could, what I could do. And, um, you know, I, I just think that in these particular times, we have to really, really tell our kids because uh, our culture says, hey, sit down, be quiet, don't say anything, and just sit there and learn, you know. But at the same mm. time, it, it's detrimental because within the, in the, in the Samoan culture, that might be cool, but it, within westernized culture that we live here in Aotearoa, it's a bit detrimental because it puts us on the back foot straight away. Yeah, yeah. so how do, we, how do we stop that? Yeah, I guess that's where I feel like I'm a little bit thankful there for for our folks. Kim and Alexa, uh, Alexa might think differently, but I felt I felt like they gave us the choice to do what we wanted to do. Not necessarily, oh, you can do it, but they let us kind of do what we do and kind of learn and experience things. Um, but um, Bill, we'll, we'll probably uh, get into talking a bit of sport now. Like I know you're a pretty keen oh. baller, uh, basketball, um, yes. and, and you're still dunking yeah. at the moment. I haven't dunked it this year, but I dunked it last year. So, yeah, yeah I saw I, that. If, if I get one, <laughs> if I get one for the year, I go, at least I dunked it this year, and that lasts the whole year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 2019, I dunked the ball. So I dunked it a couple of times in 2019, but 2020, um, I coached basketball as well, and I coached for mm. a good uh, uh, probably seven months. But I, I didn't coach just one team. I coached two teams. And so I was running with them. I was playing, you know, you know, we were playing and, uh, you know, coaching. And it, it took over 45 hours per week just with all those trainings for those two teams. And, you know, like I put my, my, my you know, my heart into it. But after, you know, pick up to Linfield College. But after that particular, uh, that eight-month stint of basketball, I just said, I'm good now. Um, you know, I'm just going to chill. Uh, you know, I was, I was really got sick of just my body being sore, consistently being sore, my legs being sore, my <laughs> body was sore. You know, and I, I, I got, I'm a level three PT as well too. So I was nice. going to run a, a business at home at some stage, but just that would have some randoms knowing where I live and, and, you know, probably that's probably not the best thing to do. But yeah, it's, um, yeah. love basketball. I still follow basketball. I, I, I MC, uh, and DJ for, uh, the women's basketball teams up here. Auckland, there's two women's basketball teams. And I was, uh, MCing and DJing for the, uh, for the Auckland men's basketball team. So, so for me, just as a Wellingtonian peeps, if you're down in Wellington, you go, oh, Caps, me, Bill, I would love to come down and do more work down in Wellington for our people because people think for some reason they think I'm from South Auckland. I love South Auckland, but I'm not from South Auckland. Just because I rap <laughs> and I'm brown doesn't mean that I'm from South Auckland because people go, oh, I thought you're from South Auckland. I go, no, no. Sorry, mate, I'm from Wellington. Wellington boy, we'll take that. Um, do you still follow the NBA? Oh, do you have an NBA team? And who's your goat? Is it MJ? 
no, no, I hated Michael Jordan. I hated Michael Jordan. Oh, true. Um, yeah, yeah. So back in the day, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, so Michael Jordan was the man, but I, I hated Michael Jordan so much that I didn't even follow his games. So for me, rap music was from New York. So I was, you know, I was a big New York Knicks fan. Oh, and I yeah. was, you know, following New York Knicks. And my player have always been, because when I play, I'm a forward or I also play center. So I follow the big men. So when I was younger, uh, my favorite player was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then after Kareem left, then after Kareem was uh, Patrick Ewing. Then after Patrick yeah. Ewing sort of, you know, popped off, Shaquille O'Neal was my next one. So all of my favorite players have been big players. And because, you know, I, I, I like to see people who try and, you know, if I dunk the ball and you try and block it, I'm going to try and break your arm. That's what I like. I like the aggressiveness of, of you know, and, and who else is who else is more aggressive than Shaquille O'Neal? He's, uh, you know, one of the most incredible players. Can't be that old school ball, eh? Um, bro, basketball New Zealand's been, been getting bigger and bigger. Have you kind of found that up there or playing numbers like in the schools you coach? Yeah, because I've been I've I've been involved in some way with New Zealand basketball. So I've done uh, work with uh, uh, New Zealand, you know, basketball. I've because I've toured the Harlem Globetrotters around Australia, and New Zealand twice. Yeah. So I got to meet all the I got to meet all the the basketball associations associations around the uh, the country. So you know, because um, I've been working with the Tall Blacks for a long time now, I've done a tour with the Tall Blacks around. You know, got to hang out with them. Um, and I've been asked to start a, a, my own basketball club up here as well. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. You know, it takes up a lot of time. But, you know, for me, if we can give a, a basketball or a rugby ball to our kids and it gives them enough focus through their whole life, man, I'm going to go to rugby practice and I'm going to play. I'm going to go to basketball mm. and I'm just going to play. If I didn't have that focus of their basketball, if I didn't have the focus of the music, I would have gone and done something stupid. Or done some yeah. done more silly stuff, you know what I mean. So that's why I'm a true believer. And if we can give, uh, you know, our children a ba a basketball in their hand, basketball, you can just go play by yourself. You know what I mean? You can shoot the hoop. It's something that can, you know, it's it's a stress release also, and it's it's kept me sane. Basketball's kept me sane. So that's why I'm a a true believer of you know of of you know pick up the you know the Wellington, you know, basketball association too. Um, yeah, Voldy and and uh, and who else? And Walter Tolalei and everyone down there, and you know, Kilburnie. Uh, big up all the basketball players around. You know, I mean, I miss Newtown Park. Newtown mm. Park was the epic basketball place for us to play at Newtown Stadium. Uh, then it sort of moved to where the you know the the fair used to be, and it's like, uh, yeah, I, I still play basketball now. So it's it's kept me since I started. Well, at Island Bay School, you know, seven or eight. And then just I've yeah. I've loved it for for the next however many decades. It's kept me uh, kept me focused or you know, given me something to do. Oh, and also nice. I'm actually creating basketball courts too. So I'm trying to create basketball courts for our community too. But that's mad. Um I'll keep an eye on, on those posts. Uh but rugby, I, I spoke to you yesterday and you mentioned you'd done a season out there at uh with the Maris Brothers uh, MSP. Um yes. in, a, in a pretty pretty funny season, but it kinda wasn't the club that you should have gone to, possibly? Well, I'll, I'll tell you guys the story. Like, I mean, it's, it's my only rugby story. I, I didn't play rugby my whole life. And, I, you know, I was basketball, basketball, basketball. Then my good mate, uh, Brandon and uh, Phil uh, Phil Smith and another brother named Noel, we were all out nightclubbing sort of early. And, you know, yeah, you know, sort of maybe around, I can't remember, like maybe 18, 19 or 20, you know, and they were like, Sully, 
come and play rugby. And I was like, nah, I don't think so, bro. Like, rugby's not my thing. I've never played it. I don't even know how to play it. And then I went to, uh, they, you know, they got me to go to a practice. And the thing I couldn't understand, because I didn't know the game, imagine someone not knowing the game of how to play rugby. So mm. they said, okay, run from here to here. And so everyone sprinted down the field. And I was one of the fastest dudes. So I thought to myself, oh, yeah, I'm pretty fast. I should be a back. Remembering I don't know, you know, how to play the game. And then, uh, then I ended up as a lock. And the reason why I ended up as a lock was because I could dunk the ball. And they were like, all my mates were like, nah, Sola, he can, he, can, he can dunk the ball. Make him be the guy that jumps. And uh, at that particular time, you couldn't lift. And, you know, me, I, I just, oh, it was, it was, it was sad uh, because, you know, it took me nearly the whole season to, to understand something. And, you know, as, when you go in as a lock, I mean, rugby players will understand that. You know, if, you, if you're the, you know, the three front dudes and you're the, one of the two guys going in there, the thing I didn't understand, because I, I never stretched in my life, I just got in and just played. A basketball, you don't need to stretch. You can just jump on the court and play. When you're going in there, my my my, my butt or my back was too high up. And yeah. so for the other person to, to, to lock and be at the back, someone would always, the, the coach would always come down and just bang my back. and just go bang, bang. So you know. my back, and you know, me and also, and I was like, I don't even know how to play this game. So uh, big up MSP. But uh, interesting thing too, we went and played uh, Tofunga. To finger, but Puliaki is, is one of my good friends too. And we went to go play Ori's. And he was just giving, he was sticking it to me. He was just like, bro, what are you doing playing for the, playing for, because I was Rangatai. What are you guys doing? What are you doing playing for the enemy? I said, what do you mean playing for the enemy? And he goes, that's the enemy. You're playing for the enemy. And it was real funny because I didn't know that the normal progression from Rangatai College was to go play for Ori's. And so mm -hmm. when I was playing Ori's, all my old schoolmates were in that team and they were just giving me, Solly, what are you doing, man? And that was a, that was my funny rugby stories. Thank you, Rich. Uh, big up MSP, anyone out there? It's like uh, shot cuz. Uh, yes, and that's my, my funny rugby story. And I only played for one season. Yeah, I only played, uh, uh, you know, three games when we played uh, Rugby League 2 for the Eagles, for the Eastern Suburbs. Big up Eastern, you know, Eastern Suburbs. I only played three games for, uh, for them too, but it was interesting. Nice. Shout out, shout out MSP and uh, Rongatai College and Tofinga out of always. Um, yeah. Bro, um, I'll, I'll go on to questions from followers, if that's all right, to round out, um, yeah, round out our, our time. Uh, but one, one of the boys, Hack, come in. Uh, has there ever been any New Zealand hip-hop beefs or anything like that, like, like there's in the States, or did you have any? Um, oh, me, as a, as a competitive MC... Even if a person didn't want to battle, I'll try and go battle. It's just that mm. maybe I was being a bit cocky, but I like to test myself. And if I get, you know, I think that's the beautiful thing about the hip-hop culture. When you go to battle, you battle, but then after you shake their hand, oh, good battle. You know, yeah. most majority of people just good sports. You go home, you lick your wounds, and then you start, you start, you know, practicing again, and then you come back and battle. Uh, that's the, uh, I'm not really sure about the battle scene now, but if someone says to me, yo, you want a freestyle battle? Um, you know, just make it up off the top of the head and just, you know, imp mm. impromptu. I'll definitely give them a go. Nice. I know that if I rap for a good 15, 20 minutes or freestyle for a good 20 minutes, I'm good. Just give me half yeah. an hour just freestyling all the time. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give any MC a good go. Nice. Um, are there any up and coming artists that you work with or that people should be aware of? 
Yeah, there's 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 quite a few. Uh, I'm uh, uh, you know uh, producing and shooting a music video for five new artists. Jasmine is, a, is an incredible artist up here. Uh, Ozarius and and Skyla, uh, they're from uh, uh, she was. Uh, a college in South Auckland, I should know, could remember them, uh, but they're really incredible. Uh, so, uh, MC Old Soul for me, uh, down in Wellington too, still Gentero, uh, just uh, released his track. Uh, there's, some, there's heaps of amazing, amazing artists compared to what it was 25, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Massive difference. But the, the thing that I, that I wish that we could do is that we could actually, you know, do masterclasses of how yeah. an MC or how a muso should should try to enter the music industry because as you guys know um it's run by major companies and major brands i'm comfortable mm. with major brands and major companies now but it's taken me a long time and i go well i was on the buzz where if i could help an artist get get there to their destination and cut five years off their you know time to get there then it's just a lot you know, a lot more easier on them. And uh, one thing that I, yeah, I, I don't think that the knowledge of musicians that have done it, because if Dave Dobbin or if Neil Finn or, or Shona Lang or, or, you know, or someone came and done masterclasses, I'll be like, these guys are the bomb. Neil Finn's in one of the biggest rock groups in the world, uh, you know, being in Fleetwood Mac. And we just sit there and go, okay, and just pick their brain. You know what I mean? How could we just mm. pick the brains of, of the greats that have gone before us? It would be like you all think you're saying like, oh, you know, um, how did you do that? How did you get that mm. million dollar deal? How are you able to, you know, and, and we could go to our, our Wellington players now and say to these guys, hey, Hurricanes, All Blacks, how, what's the actual, I'd like to know how much do I have to train? What do I have to eat? Uh, you know, just to, to make sure that you can, if you get to that top level of, of, of Wellington rugby, how do we do that? And instead of just having to guess, I'd rather someone just write it down and say, here you go, here's the, here's the how to be an all black manual, you know? And then there you go. Yeah. So you go, okay, I've got to eat, you know, you know, this amount of grams of meat, meat per day. And just so you know, I don't, I, it's not open enough for, for people to know that information easily. And, you know, and if, the, and if it was like that for the music, well, then a lot more musicians would be successful there wouldn't be, you know, so many artists that it's, and you know, one thing they've got to say is, is cause is that being an artist and being, being a musician, it's really top and tail. So different mm. because anyone can be a muso, but to get that muso skill to learn how to record, edit, you know, do all the things for marketing or the social media, uh, you know, and all the business things, it's really quite far away from just being a muso. I play guitar. Woohoo. Yeah, I play guitar too. But how are you going to become an artist from, you know, being a muso and with all those skills to actually travel over and be a be an artist? Because being an artist is a totally different thing from just being a muso. Yeah. Nice. Good information. Probably onto something there off that masterclass thing. That'll be interesting. You can do that across all industries and but they'll be mad. Um Bro, what's kind of your top all three time Kiwi bands or artists? For me, growing up in Wellington, from, from the Wellington side, was definitely, uh, I grew up, we grew up with a uh, some cousins that were in a band. So that was for us, we had, the, it was the female band, uh, for, you mm. know, big up Daniel Street and, and everyone that's from there, because we had a, we had a, we had a, 
we had a format and and something to watch. We were like, oh, I remember sitting in Newtown and in, in Island Bay, uh, sorry, Newtown School, and watching our family band play, and go, oh, I want to do that when I grow older. Yeah. And that's 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 what I, I I can remember. And so we had a you know we had a play by play book to be able to watch them and what they did. Uh, me and my you know our cousin uh, Danny uh, was uh, you know we I sat there and then I was at Wellington High. I learned how to play the drums, the bass, guitar. Uh, with my cousin, yeah, with our cousin Danny, and then I also took piano lessons uh, with my sister, and then my mum took piano lessons down at Newtown um, a Community Centre. So yeah. that whole progression uh, with you know just being able to have someone to watch and and watch and we'll see what they did with our older cousin uh, Mara, I was like, okay, so you know for me, Wellington bands would definitely be uh, Tom Bowlers. So Tom Bowlers is a, is, a, is a different offshoot of Holiday Makers. So we grew up yep. with the Holiday Makers. And then the offshoot of, of Holiday Makers in Wellington was uh, the Tom Bowlers. And also, I've got to say, if you know, I'm thinking about it and being honest, honest, uh, Upper Hutt Posse was, oh, you know, yep. my, wife, my wife is from Upper, you know, Upper Hutt, and she's uh, a member of the Upper Hutt Posse. And um, I remember seeing them play up at the Dell, at the, at the you know, Botanical Gardens up on the hill. And they caught the the reason why they caught my ear was because I was like, oh, that's a, and I'm just a drummer, so I, the beat got me, and I was like, oh, whoa, check this out. And then the other thing too was that when I I walked closer, the rapper, uh, they they were talking about basketball. So I was like, oh, shivers, this guy's talking about basketball. So I went up and had a look, and I was like, oh, wow. But that was the first time I'd ever seen live rap, someone rap in front of me. Mm. And so, uh, you know, so <clears throat> it, it, I got hooked then when I saw them singing live. And also probably uh, the, 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 you know, a fourth person that has been super, super influential uh, within, uh, you know, my music career other than my brother, uh, our, my brother and your cousin and our, our older cousin, Andrew Fino playing, he was, they were both DJs, uh, is probably uh, for me would be the field style, Kaz, Kaz, uh, Picasso from Strathmore 44. Um, yep. He was monumental in, in, you know, what I was watching as a, because there was a, a rap group called uh, The Mo and, uh, and Noise and Effect. And Cosmo, shout out to Cos163 too. So Cosmo, these are Wellington legends that if you yep. walk down to Manor's Mall, these guys will be hanging out. Uh, big up Rocket V, Viani. You know, back in the day when I was younger, you used to go into Manor's Mall and just outside McDonald's, there was a square and people would just start breakdancing out there. I was like, whoa, yeah. check this out. And so those are the things as a Wellingtonian that I grew up watching. And um, I wanted to be like them. And so, you know, uh, I started breaking when I was around eight, uh, eight years old down in uh, Island Bay School, pick up Island Bay School. And so I was breaking when I was eight. So, you know, hip hop's been in my, uh, my life for a long time. But mm. um, being able to make Pacific hip hop, South Pacific hip hop, you know, I really changed my mind when I went to LA or when I went to New York. And I love, you know, the home of hip hop. It was amazing. I was like, wow. But when I came back, I was so like, yeah, you guys are cool. But I think that I'm going to represent us over here. Because yeah. I went through my rapping like an American stage, all of that type of stuff. You know, we all do. You emulate your, your favorite rappers or your favorite musos. But after a while, I just found my own voice. I found my own, uh, you know, direction that I wanted to go. I wanted to do music videos that sh that was able to show the Pacific Island side of things. So, you know, I, went, I said, yeah, I'm a fop, yeah, I'm Samoan. So I went to Samoa to shoot, you know, uh, music videos in Samoa. 
And that was one of the things for me. I was like, okay, uh, you know, just to be able to show a different side other than having to be rough and a gangster and being hardcore and, you know, yeah. and just being, I said, sorry, I'm just going to be, you know, Bill from, uh, or, you know, King Kapisi from down in Aotearoa, uh, but also from the South Pacific. And that was one of the things for me too. Nice. Um, bro, the little, the little cars come through. Uh, Sam with a question. He asked if you remember acting with him in swimming lessons. Swimming lessons. Way swimming back. lessons. Man. Uh, I remember the, 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 how it happened. And I remember, was Dad on that one too? There was, there was, one, there was one thing there. I remember Dad was in, he was uh, in, in one of the, the, the productions. So I used to act in, 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 you know, in, in what do you call those educational videos? And that mm. was with Greg Williams. Yes. And I remember that. I remember swimming uh, lessons, but, but I, I'm finding it difficult to remember the exact time. But I remember the, it was a long time ago. All good. All good. Uh, yeah, uh, last couple of questions. Sorry, because um, it's a two-part question. Where did Brand Muffin come from, formerly known as Brand Muffin? And how did you come up with the name King Kapisi after that? Well, okay, so uh, I live in Lao Bay, Onipu Road, just down the road is the Muffin Man. Just on my way to Rongatai College oh, yeah. is the Muffin Man. So, like, I used to go there and buy a banana chocolate chip muffin all the time, and sometimes a brand muffin if they had no banana chocolate chip muffins. So this is like, I was like, oh, man, I love, I love, I love muffins. And yeah. so uh, we were going to jump on to a gig, me, the field style, and uh, early gifted and proud. We were at Claire's up Garrett Street, up Cuba Mall, and we were mm. just going to be really ready to jump on stage. And Kaz, the field style, goes to me, bro, what's your name? And I said, well, I don't know. And he goes, oh, well, Solly, what's your favorite food? And this is like, still got three minutes to jump on stage. And I said, <laughs> and I said, and I said to him, uh, Kentucky Fried. And he goes, no, you can't be MC Kentucky Fried. I said, okay. And then I thought to myself, be simple. And let's uh, corn beef. And he goes, nah, Solly, that's, nah, that's not a good name. And then I said, oh, I eat banana chocolate chip muffins nearly every day. And he goes, nah, it's too long. And he goes, wow, I eat brand muffins now. And then he goes, brand muffin. And then, uh, and then we jumped on stage. And then that's how, so Kaz, the field style, gave me the name uh, uh, Brand Muffin. And, you know, I, when, I, when, I, when I, so I was in Wellington and I, I, when I moved up here, up to Auckland, when I started, my brother lived up here. And so I was visiting him very regularly and Gifted and Brown were doing gigs. And Gifted and Brown was one of the first sort of uh, R&B acts, or well, maybe, no, no, just R&B, you sort of hip-hop acts to travel from mm. uh, Wellington to, to uh, uh, you know, to Auckland regularly. And, you know, I, I thought our music was really good. You know, we, we, we did some different stuff. We were on the Once for Warriors uh, film track for a soundtrack for Once for Warriors. Yes. So, That's yeah, right. if you watch Once for Warriors, I think about in just before uh, Tim eats the, the muscle, there's a shot yeah. of a rapper at the back, and, and that's me. I look very skinny and very young, so that's me. Uh, but I thought that the, the brand Muffin, because I changed my name to, when I changed my name to King Carpisi, I thought that I, I'd be able to change it again. But then, you know, weirdly or funnily enough, that name got sort of well-known bigger, uh, mm. you know, quickly, and then I couldn't change the name back. So I was like, oh, damn, that one stuck. But then now I've just, because I've got a reggae album going, I've got a show uh, with House of Mali called Mr. Majesty Sundays, Mr. Majesty Sundays, where I just play reggae. There's not enough um, outlets or, or platforms for just reggae music to, you know, to play. 
And yep. um, that's the the one thing. So this Friday night, I'll be going live on Facebook. So that's going to be Carpisi Clan uh, Fridays at Billy's uh, Wine Bar. So, you know, that'll be from 6 o'clock to around 9 o'clock. So if you're on Facebook, anyone, uh, check it out. And then on Sundays, I go live on House of Mali page, uh, their Facebook, and then my King Carpisi page, excuse me, my King Carpisi page. You know, just just having different outlets for different genres of music too. So, you know, just having a strictly reggae dancehall show, no one does that. And then just having mm. a, a taking you know, another show that just takes you back to R&B times or good times for me at Willie's Wine Bar in, um, in Manor's Mall, we've got to have different, you know, I also play EDM, uh, you know, not, not house music, not trance music, but I play drum and bass. I play, mm. uh, you know, uh, all types of uh, uh, music as well. So I, at this particular time, I, I think we should just see if we can give more access to different genres of music. For me, as long as it's good music, it doesn't really matter. As long as it's, you go, oh, that's good music. And, and for me, as a person that's involved in music all the time, it's also a opportunity for me to school people because, you know, a lot of people would not ha have heard the music or the reggae or the dance or the hip hop or the drum and bass that I play or the funk because I've, that's what I do for a living. I've, I, you know, I, I go in and, and look for these, these gems or try and find what these dope music things that, you know, and I do gigs all around the world and it's become my life. So it's, it's really ongoing research. Yeah. And, and I guess just on that, um, the other week you, you played a set and you said that you were just playing songs that you'd like to hear in a bar. And bro, those are some mint tracks, man. Like I, I hadn't heard them before, but they were real. I don't know what kind of genre you would call it, whether that was hip hop, kind of loungy or, or soul hip hop. Bro, those are some, some real nice tracks you were playing, eh? Yeah, for me, because it's, it's, it's just, as long as it's good, it's because mm. everyone that will go to work and not have to, you know, I'm sort of like the guy that will go out and dig for the music. Where you yeah. guys can just, you know, everyone can ask, because I'm a muso and I'm a DJ, so my job is to go out and find good music and play it to, to people. And because I have no problem with saying, hey, listen, this is the track, you know, everyone should know what it is. Uh, you know, there's back in the day where DJs wouldn't even tell you what the song was. But I'm like, as an artist myself, when I make the song, I hope that people will play it. So what's the use of, of, of just, you know, holding on to the music like this and then mm. I'm doing the artists a disservice by not playing and spreading their music out to, to the world. So, you know, I, I see myself, my role is also as an educator of music, but also an artist myself to be able to play and DJ out good music so people go, oh, shivers, I've never heard this track before, but it's dope. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um... Bro, I had a bunch of other questions, but probably a good place to finish would be, um, what's kind of oh, the best way to... What's this, what's this question right there, cuz? There's a... Is that tomorrow one? Uh, um, we can go, hey, tomorrow, how are you? Where is it? That's oh, all right, it's We want to answer some of the questions here. What's oh, if there's a... Yeah, what's your advice on longevity for whatever career path a specific uh, choose? That's from my father's barber, I think, down at Christchurch? Yes. Uh, for me, I think that the hardest thing is for us as Pacific Islanders is, is business. We, you know, I'm just talking about myself. I'm used to mm. business. Well, I mean, I've, I've learned, I've gotten better, but we don't come in with a mentality of, of we, we come in like I've had two clothing stores and a, a person from overseas, any nationality would come over and I say, and I could just tell and say, hey, how are you? And you could hear that they're fresh from wherever they come from. I would just give them a t-shirt. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I just, I, I just said, hey, oh well, if this person's straight over from Samoa, this person's straight over from New Year, you know, straight over from Tonga, I, I know that when we come over to this, to, to Aotearoa, that we, we don't have much. So I was just mm. like, oh well, here you go. Here's a t-shirt. Hope you enjoy yourself. All the best. You know what I mean? Because when you start thinking of the Westernized culture of just make money, make money, make money, make money, normally those people that are in that particular, uh, you know. Um, predicament only have you know most and i'm just you know saying it and being honestly uh being honest most of the the the, the people that you know uh, pacific islanders asians most people are very family orientated when you look at the westernized culture most people would just have one child and you go okay and so how can the because uh, the, remember even though we're in a westernized culture we're we're in the south pacific so you know what I mean when you think about it, which 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 upbringing is right, but or, or which upbringing is is sort of valid for me. Any anyone is you know anyone is the way you want to do it is all good, but the way I was brought up, the way we were brought up, we were like, hey, we share, and we want you know other people to win. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to win, and then that's it. That's it. Mm. Where we, we we sort of as a culture, it's like. Imagine in business, like, you know, we're playing rugby and then your same teammate won't pass you the ball. You're not going to win the game if the person doesn't pass you the ball. Yeah. And so I, I just think that our culture, our ways that we do business has a place. It's probably not the correct one within the Western eyes. It's like, no, no, you milk everyone for as much as you can and you just make profit, 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 profit. And I go, yeah, that might be good for you, mate, but for me and where I come from, that's not the way I do things. It's like yeah. within the village mentality, within the Marae uh, mentality, within the, the Pacific culture mentality, uh, no one eats unless everyone eats. And that's the thing that I think, you know, is the difference between just business, you know, Westernized business and, you know, being a, a Pacific Islander that does business. And that's the difference, hey, when you think of it, there's Westernized business, but there's a Pacific Islander that does business. So that's an interesting yeah. way to, to look at it. Just, you know, something or a different way to look at it. Shop, my father's yeah. mama down in Frankfurt. Yeah, shout out to them. The best in the business down there, and they do some real good stuff in the, the community as well. Um, I appreciate that answer, guys. That, that was real, real thoughtful and and stuff. Um, I guess lastly, what what's kind of the best way to, to support musos around this time? Is it kind of streaming music purchasing music and um purchasing purchasing like merch and stuff i think you know like i've I've gone through the the whole um i think now if it's possible any business really and you know and i and i've got to say any business because i'm a business but also yeah. there are other businesses and there's other industries other than the music business that is that is going through hardship you know, the artists go out and try and buy a piece from their artist. Uh, you know, uh, uh, as a musician, if the musician comes into your town and actually makes the effort to get to your town, actually yeah. go see the artist. You know what I mean? It's, it's you know, it's, it's we're, we're bombarded and flooded with, with access to, to you know, uh, social media these days. But nothing is like standing in front of the act and watching that act just play your favorite songs. Where sometimes you know I've fallen prey to it. You're watching the the, the you know the, the gig, but you're just because you're streaming it, you sort of lose the essence of what the, the the you know the music experience is. And I had to you know my wife had to go, hey, put the phone down. I was like, yeah, true, true, true. Um, but also, 
like I was saying really early, is that social media is a job. I approach social media as a job. And I know that it might sound a bit weird, but there's a, I've, I've watched a couple of social media seminars. And business-wise, these days, if you're not on social media, the thing that they say is that you're irrelevant. And that's, you know, in the new way of, of thinking of things, like 26-year-olds down are probably on Instagram. 26-year-olds up is probably still on Facebook. Mm. But if it's possible, you know, as a business person, just to, to have all your, your platforms ticked, so I don't want to do TikTok, you know, but it's it's the new platform. So as a as a musician, as an artist, you're gonna go, okay, I'm not really into it. But if you if you cross out that massive, you know, platform now that's huge around the world, you're pretty much shooting yourself in the foot as an artist to not hit that many people. And you know, mm. as you know that you know your TikTok audience can go, I'm not even on it yet, but I know that at some stage I'm gonna to have to be on it. But like I said, I only started going on Facebook Live two weeks ago. And last the week before we had twenty six thousand engagements and from a from a, a brand point of view, a Capisi King Capisi brand, that's that's social currency. And so you've got to make sure that even though you know, you go, I hate social media, but as an artist, as a business, it's just one of the things that you have to do. It's just it's it's you know, you can't not do it. So yeah. I would just say, listen, suck it up. If you're not out there, if you're not out there on social media, then that means your brand is not going to get known. I, what, what, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to build a business or are you just going to you know, try to keep to yourself? So a lot of, hopefully some people on this page will go, oh, shivers, I don't want to be on social media. But, but work-wise and marketing and mahi-wise, you have to be on social media just because that's the, that's, the pla that's the multiple platforms. And so Instagram's dope. You can just go to Instagram and then straight away send it on Instagram. It goes to Twitter. It goes to Facebook and sends the multiple, you know, brands at the same time. Remember, back in the day, you had to physically input them all mm -hmm. separately. You know, when the first, when this first started, you had to go eight times. Oh my gosh, there's how many platforms? Where now Instagram's made it a lot, lot more easier. Hey, cause um, oh, just before I. Uh... I think Instagram's about to cut us off, you know, the whole hour oh, yeah. buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, bro, I just wanted to say thanks. It's, bro, you gave us an hour of your time. It was way more than, than I ever hoped for. Um, Tomorrow, I love but, you. But, yeah, got, <laughs> everyone get out there, support um, our artists, our, uh, their music. Uh, when the gigs come around, get out there. Uh, but, Bill, thanks heaps, bro. I really appreciate this, uh, you coming on and having an you're awesome welcome, conversation Chris. with us. Oh, you're welcome, Chris. Awesome. Hey, like everyone out there that's watching, uh, Fridge is my cousin. Uh, we're from the same, you know, same village. And shout out to uh, the Tomanga family, Tamara, and the female mm -hmm. clan, and the Marcina clan too. So that's us, Urata clan. This is all of us all together. It's been an honor rocking with you, uh, Petoni all day, and uh, Wellington all day. I'm throwing up my W's for Wanigongi. Uh, I love you guys, and big up the Marcina clan, and big up everyone out there that's watching uh, Petoni, Petoni Rugby Club. All the best. I hope when you guys want to get on the on the field, you know, you you, you guys rock it and kill it. So um, you know. I live in Auckland, but my heart is uh, Hurricanes, Exchequer Saints, uh, you know, Wellington Saints and all of that. So still still Wellington all day. Short cast, 20 seconds left, but also okay. perfect. Thanks, thanks, okay. Take care, eh? You're welcome. Okay, cuz. No fucking. See you guys soon, eh? Short, yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.